to the smartest guy in the room. Your host, Jerry Dempsey. Joining me, Matt Smith. Hi, Matt. Jerry, what's going on? Another week down. I'm telling you. I'm starting to get COVID, uh, like COVID, uh, what's it called? CVD or DS? Distress? I don't know. I'm just sick of the fucking shit. All right. COVID, ca- COVID cabin fever? That's what you could call it. We're going to go to the beach this weekend. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, we go to this beach, Wrightsville Beach, down in the coast of Carolina near uh, Wilmington. Yeah. And uh, it's just a nice little town. And there's this place. You know how you talked about, we talked about in a prior episode, like the hangouts and stuff like that? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you got to have your corner bar or just whatever, your your cheers to really date both of us. Remember watching Cheers when we were little kids? Was that the yes. I actually named my son after Sam Malone. <laughs> I'm glad did. you didn't call him coach. <laughs> uh, you know what? Maybe I should. I was watching I was watching Cheers one day and like the it with and uh, I said, if I ever have a son, I'm going to name him Sam. Because the, I was such a fan of the show, and I thought it was a cool name. And then once he was born and years went by, I, I lied to him and told him he was named after Samuel Beckett, the nice. Irish playwright, just to make him sound more sophisticated. But then a couple years later, I admitted that he was named after a television bartender. Interesting. Well, on that same note, it's so it's funny how you and I, like, you know, we've known each other forever, but there's a bunch of years where we didn't, you know, just didn't talk because we're busy lifing. Um, but my son, the secret story behind his name, his name's Quinn. And I named him after the character, the Robert Shaw character from Jaws. I just left really? the T silent. <laughs> well, I was going to name him Quint, but then I had this person called my wife who kind of intervened and said, you're not going to name him Quint. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it's the same as when we were growing up, but you could have a completely normal child, but if he's given, he or she is given the wrong name, you know, that could ruin their life, at least their, during their developmental years, because kids are so cruel. Yep. You know, we grew up with a kid in my neighborhood who had a strange name, and, you know, the person was abused I mean, to a shocking degree. I can't even, I don't even want to repeat the stories here. Yeah. But if his name was Mike, probably never yeah. would have happened to him. It's terrible. <clears throat> I don't think, uh, I don't think people think that far out, you know? Yeah. Like, how many moves does your average person think out in, in life? Like, one, two, if they're lucky? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we, again, we grew up in the early 70s where kids were savages and, I remember this guy who I'm talking about. Again, I don't want to say his name, but it was the name was let's just say different compared mm-hmm. to Jim. Was it ethnic? No. But uh, you know, it wasn't Jim or Joe or Dave or Dan or Mike. It was just it was weird enough to make him stand out. And uh, you know, I remember once they tied him to a garage and shot a spiked dog ball at him with hockey sticks and Oh they threw his bike off a bridge. They hung him upside down once from a tree naked. 
and stuck a cigarette up his ass and made him smoke it. So, dude, that's really wrong. <laughs> oh, it's fucking terrible. And, you know, Our but, happy morning has taken an evil turn. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, big shock that six people from my neighborhood ended up in prison. But uh, wow. Uh, but years later, like twenty years later. 25 years later, I worked with a young woman and she was a huge fan of the band Fish. And she said she wanted to name her son Elehu. And I told her the story about this dude in my neighborhood. Right. She ended up naming her son Joe. <laughs> yeah, biblical names never go out of style. I mean, and that was pretty much the rage when we were kids. Yeah. You know, and you they, and they, won't, they won't get you beat up. No, I never got beat up for being, you know, being named Jerry. Jer the bear was probably the worst, and uh, I could handle that. But now, can you see my shirt? Do you see the Chinese writing on my shirt? I do. So that, you know, and I'm hearkening back to our other episode when we were talking about nicknames. Um, that Chinese symbol is translated to the word Gai Lao, which translates into English as the white devil. Uh, my wife's grandmother, who did not speak English very well, she was an immigrant back in the whenever days. She immigrated from China, and you know Chinese people were always being invaded throughout the centuries. There's a reason they built that wall back in the day, right? So they didn't like foreigners. So it's not so much a racial epitaph as it is the unknown or the foreign. So they used to call anyone that would come to their shores or invade them white devil. And, um, you know, I mean, I guess because my wife's Chinese and from heritage standpoint, you know, we have an interracial marriage, um, although it never seems that way. But her grandmother, that's what she called me all the time. And specifically, it was pretty funny. My son's um, christening. We were up in D.C., uh, doing the ceremony and whatnot. And the grandmother just kept calling me Guy Lao. And I'm looking at her like, yeah, that's funny. I don't know what that means. And she was pretty old, kind of out of it. So, you know, you take all that stuff with a grain of salt. And then one of uh, my wife's uncles was, this guy loves to party too. So he's, you know, slamming back his wine and he starts, he goes, hey, you know what she's calling you? I'm like, nope, I have no idea. He's like, She's calling you the white devil. You're the white devil. <laughs> and he just kept laughing at me. So I had this shirt made because I always want to remember that I am the white devil. <laughs> you are the white devil. She was basically calling you a racial epithet. Yeah. But I mean, again, when we grew up, uh, it was pretty common and kind of like what, normal, I guess. Right? I mean, the Irish to the... Italians to the Polish to whoever. I mean, everyone, you know, the, the old men used to say, oh, I'm not I'm not prejudiced. I hate everyone equally. And, yeah, you know, I, mean, it, I don't know if it was normal, but it was commonplace. Well, either way, yeah. you're, you're the you're the wordsmith, Mr. Smith. The lessons our, our elders taught us, which is our subject today, believe yes. it or not. I think our subject is advice, how to take it, how to give it, uh, what's bullshit. And uh, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, we talked about 
a book you read recently about the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Is that true? Yeah. Is yeah. that where you got this? Uh, is this kernel grew inside of you for this? No, uh, no, oh. just living my life. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I had a I had a little quote to kick us off. Um, it actually comes from Eddie Murphy, who's got a big movie out right now. Did you see it yet? Coming to America. Yeah, uh, we the watched sequel it. to Coming to America. My kid liked it, and that's all that mattered to me. But he saw the first one. He he agreed with me that the first one was probably better. But in ter- as far as sequels go, Quinn said, you know, it was pretty funny. I like the first one, but then the first one turned out to be one of those movies that every time you turn the television on, it was on, and I grew sick of it. Yeah. You know? So I haven't seen the second one yet. Well, it's more of the same. uh, What's his name? Tracy Morgan's funny in it. There's a couple other new people in it that are funny. Um, But, yeah. I, I mean, if you're bored, I would watch it. All right, so my... My quote comes from Eddie Murphy, and it says, My advice is, don't take anyone's advice. Which I always love those oxymoronical kind of things. What what say you to that? (laughs) Um, That was the first thing that popped into my head when you mentioned the uh, theme of the show today about advice and how to give it and how to take it. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm leery of giving advice. You know, if I give advice, it's usually couched more in what I learned from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I'm leery of giving advice. But I mean, you have a life, and you know, there's this line that goes something like. Uh, I don't know, don't lose alone. Or no, success has many fathers and failure is an orphan. And, you know, I've had a lot of people that say you learn so much from failing. That I so believe. painful. Um, so I mean maybe that's the advice is don't be afraid to fail because yeah. you're going to do it. <laughs> well, something isn't it something like, you know, success is the result of failing many times or something like that. Um, <clears throat> I do agree with that. That's, but again, I think, you know, failure is a life experience. Um, and it's not, you know, I, I, I grew to really resent advice when you be, when you become a new parent and all older uh, parents have, have advice for you. Uh, it's like, where's, where's this rule book, you know, that, that, apparently you read and I didn't know about, you know, everything is, you know, like parenthood is a gut instinct in love and you hope for the best. And that's pretty much it. You know, there's no, there's no right way and wrong way, you know, with the obvious exceptions, of course, like don't shoot heroin in front of your kids or something like that. But, you know, um, I, I really grew to resent, advice once i became a parent that is uh i can totally agree with you because when we had what's interesting is i had my first kid when i was 40 years old so you know 
you live that long doing your own thing pretty competently, I might add. Um, you know, you kind of think you know what you're doing. Then you have a kid, and I had all these people start telling me, you know, and I hate being told what to do. Like, I hate it with a passion for right. some reason. Because uh, I've been told so many stupid things by people. You know, at one point in my life, I had to unlearn a bunch of shit that I thought was right. Have you ever, <laughs> do you know what that's like? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember in high school, I took the PSATs, like when I was a sophomore or something, whenever you take those stupid things. And I'd gotten drunk the night before, maybe with you, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, I went in and I didn't even read any of the questions. I just filled in the blanks <laughs> because my goal was to be the first person done with the test. <laughs> and I achieved it. <laughs> but I got like, <laughs> I got a terrible, excuse me, I got a terrible grade on it. And I remember sitting with um, the guidance counselor. And I, you know, as far as schoolwork, I was definitely a, a B to B minus average kid. So that's not too bad. Wasn't it? I remember we, there was a test where we, that we had to take for, the guidance office to it was supposed to like give them an indication or give us an indication of what we should go into when we were grown up what what we were cut out for and what yeah i don't remember what it was called but i think i remember vaguely but the my results were take the civil service test and maybe be a mailman <laughs> and i made the mistake of showing that to my parents which I never did that again. So, you know, again, live and learn, right? Well, what was their reaction? Well, the guidance kind of... Oh, they liked that idea. My mom was all for it. Oh, the mailman. You know, you'll never get laid off. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the, gui failed. the guidance counselor told you that you shouldn't, you shouldn't go to college, right? Well, he just... He was pretty uh, uh, politically correct, I guess, even though that wasn't a phrase at the time. But he said, you know, not everyone... He was kind of saying it like, yeah, don't worry about it. Not everyone's, you know, cut out for college, Danny. You know, the world <laughs> needs ditch diggers too. You know, <laughs> so you know, I just remember thinking, well, I surely don't want to grow up to be a guidance counselor in high school. <laughs> so did that did that piss you off? Did that motivate you, or did you not think yes. anything of it at the time? Well, I knew better because I knew I always had an intrinsic belief in myself that I was smart. And it didn't come from the outside world. I can tell you that. Okay. Yeah. So somehow that kernel of belief in myself was there at an early age. Yeah. And I don't have a lot to back that up. Um, as you know, I won a scholarship to my high school that was based off the entrance exam. Um, and that was probably the only indicator uh, that I had any kind of intelligence. You know what I mean? Like, I'll put it this way. I have an older brother who's kind of a jerk. And he got his IQ tested because, because he was bad in school. Not because he was good. But they determined that he was gifted. And the rest of us never heard the end of that. That, would become, that was like one of my father's uh, darts that he would throw at you. Like, oh, you're not as smart as this one. He's got the high <laughs> IQ. <laughs> He in life he has turned out to be the most unsuccessful one of the group. So there you go. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, you know, I, I, I had a similar experience with the school. I had a, a college professor who 
just did not think highly of me. And uh, uh, I was a journalism student. And, you know, my father and my grandfather both worked for the Buffalo News. And I don't know what this professor thought my father did there, but uh, he told me, I remember he told me that I would never, this professor told me I would never amount to anything and that the only way I'd get into a newspaper was if I <clears throat> got a job cleaning the carpets like my old man. Oh. So I didn't think anything of it at the time in terms of, but a years later I figured out that he thought my father, he must've thought my father was a custodian at the uh -huh. Buffalo news, which he wasn't. My father was a printer, uh -huh. put the pages together. Uh, so he was wrong on that account, but you know, I went on to have a pretty good career in journalism and, ended up being the desk supervisor in New York state for the Associated Press. And I yeah. won, you know, 15 to eight, 18, like writing awards. And it, and I, I'm not pointing all this out to brag about myself. I'm pointing this out to show once again, how someone who thought they knew what they were talking about didn't. Right. You know, uh, I, I don't know if that, pissed me off in terms of making me uh want to succeed i'm the type of person who was always motivated out of fear uh -huh. a fear of failure yeah every now and then that 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 uh i don't know if it's wisdom or comment that you know he he told me he's he gave to me i was leaving college and that's what that that, that, that was his parting words to me the parting words that i would basically never amount to anything in journalism. And, uh, uh, you know, that pops into my head every now and then. Mm. So no, yeah. one, no one really knows what they're talking about. I have been motivated in the past by proving people wrong. I've enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, but I can't say that, like, I would lay there at night with the pit in my stomach thinking I'm a fucking loser or I'm never going to achieve anything. My parents didn't do that to, to me. I mean, they were, if anything, they were probably encouraging. I mean, I, I remember being bent over the engine of a car my dad and I were working on. And my dad said, I mean, it was one of the few times he gave me a compliment that wasn't, you know, backhanded or, or whatever. And he said, listen, you know, you're a pretty smart kid, you know, get your, you know, get your ass through college and get into computers. He goes, I can't, he goes, I'm stupid. I can't give you much advice and I'm sorry. <laughs> he goes, but you don't want to end up like me fucking working on this shitty car when you're 55 years old. <laughs> and it made me appreciate him because he didn't pull punches and he definitely fucking was hard on himself. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, uh... respect him. <clears throat> Yeah, my I mean my parents were good at recognizing what we were good at and then they would steer you that way. And uh uh I told you before my father just said you should be a writer because you're full of shit. Yeah, good but, one. But uh you know, he had a business, he had his own business and I worked for him and he tried to bring me up in it and uh it's a contracting business and he was you know, he would always tell me like, you know, I'm setting you up so you can take this over and you have something to fall back on and uh but he steered me into being a writer because uh, he knew that I wasn't cut out for the for the, the for what he did. Um, and I give him, you know, I appreciate him uh, 
recognizing what I wasn't good at as much as uh, what I was. But, uh, um, you know, I, I think the if I had to give advice to anyone, it would be something along the lines of, you know, there's no guarantees in life. You got to just be willing to try, be willing to fail and see how it all shakes out because, you know, you could love somebody and treat them well and treat them the way you, you were taught to treat somebody. It doesn't guarantee they're going to love you back. You could work hard. You could work your ass off. It doesn't mean you're going to succeed, but, uh, because there aren't, there's no guarantees, but it shouldn't stop you from trying. Shouldn't stop you from, uh, and failure shouldn't be, uh, something that keeps you from trying. That's really all I've learned in life. Yep. There's no guarantees, and you might as well try. Well, and just, I mean, I totally agree and, and follow those, that uh, axiom as well. I would just say look for value in yourself and look for it in other people. You know, I mean, there's the emperor has no clothes kind of mentality, and I've seen this in corporate life where, a guy gets promoted up and then he hires all his buddies around him or the guy that hires smart people and puts them around him. You know, you always, you know, it's our, our joke of our, of our whole podcast, but you always want to be around people that are smarter than you in different ways. So you're, you know, kind of filling out a full deck, you know, I mean, uh, when I look at, my friendships, like my friendship with you, you're smart in ways that I'm not. Um, and a lot of the friends I've had and chose through life are people that help me bring myself up. You know, that that's pushed good, me. That's pretty good advice. I don't know if I consciously surrounded myself with people who I could learn from, but uh, I think that's pretty good advice. And go back to the word v- value. Because that, when you said that, that struck me. Did um, you have a boy and a girl, and so do I? Yep. Do you raise, do you raise your kids differently? And the reason I ask that is, my son is the is older. So you mean from each other, right? Did you, in the way that you raise, in the way that you're raising your son, is it different than the way you're raising your daughter? And the reason I ask that is because my when. My first kid was a son, and uh-huh. I didn't think too much about... I didn't have the kind of worries about a boy as I do a girl, right. obviously. So when I had my daughter, I didn't know how to raise a daughter. I mm-hmm. knew nothing about raising girls, you know? I didn't think. I didn't overthink raising boys, but I probably overthought raising my daughter, and I didn't have any idea on how to raise a daughter. So I thought the most important thing I could do for her was to make her realize her value. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, it was, it was along the lines of just because you're a girl doesn't mean that you can't do anything you want to, because I, obviously I think, you know, women have the deck stacked against them and, uh, you know, they're probably, they probably, learn from an early age that 
I can't do this. This is a boy thing or blah, blah, blah. And so I always tried to raise my daughter to ensure that she knew that she was, you know, that she knew her own value. And uh, uh, I think one way I can illustrate that is, you know, I kind of let my kids choose whatever they wanted to do and follow yep. the whatever interest they wanted. But all of her girlfriends growing up were cheerleaders. Yeah. And that was the one thing that kind of like made my skin crawl. Yep. And my daughter never came to me and said, I want to be a cheerleader. But I did say to her, but I did say to her, you know, just because you're a girl, you don't need to be the one who's cheering. You could be the one that they're cheering for. Yeah. I like that. So, you know, so she took that advice and she tried out for everything and she played a thousand different sports and she wasn't. She was probably one of the worst athletes on the planet, but you know, (laughs) but she always made the team and she always like won these like, you know, hundred percent awards and things like that. But, uh, but I noticed with her, she has a confidence that I've never seen people have in themselves and she does know her value, but she's confident almost to the point of delusion (laughs) <laughs> which you know who's to say where that line is right yeah so i i i worry i worried for a while that i created this monster and she's very successful um that's awesome but god she's a she's just a savage and um but that was a big thing with me uh in terms of raising a girl was to make sure she knew her value so when you said that word it 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 uh it's I, say, I mean, but again, I say that I, I raise my kids different from each other based on the way they behave. Yeah. Like um, when Claire was four, maybe she knew all the words to the Frozen song and she would walk around singing it. She still walks around always having like a external inner dialogue, which is I always find awesome. Um, she'll be in the backyard with all her animals talking to them and having scenarios and whatever. Um, so I thought she would want to be, you know, I got Quinn. My son is trying to be an actor. In fact, he's got an audition today. And I asked her point blank. I'm like, you know, I'll take you to the agency. They'll probably want to sign. No, dad, I don't want to do it. But at the school talent show, she walked right up, grabbed the microphone and sang the Frozen song beginning to end with no fear. And there's like 50, 60 people sitting on this like outdoor lawn and whatnot. It was amazing. I mean, I almost cried. Yeah. So, so I mean, to tie it back to boy versus girl, I get that. I don't know. I don't know. I parent to them and to their needs. And, and you know, I have the luxury. Well, let me just finish this because I'm lucky from the perspective of we have all this stuff now, girl power. My wife works with uh, executives all day and she's actually, you know, women in leadership. She partakes in some of this stuff uh, at her company. So we're in in this the whole STEM. I mean, my wife graduated with a computer science engineer from UVA. Right. So she actually it's funny because her dad raised her like a boy. Like, you're going to be the alpha and you're going to be a computer science nerd like me. So so there's a lot of dynamics. But I'm lucky that there's just more of a spotlight on this stuff and there's more resources. 
So it's, yeah. I would just say it's easier for me today to, because my daughter is like, I'm going to work at a zoo and I'm going to probably be a, a vet and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I don't care if she ends up not doing that. It doesn't matter to me. But, but to your point, or to tie it back, she will dream and pursue those dreams. And I give her the foundation of you're as smart as you want to be. <laughs> and, and trust me, you can't be smart and not work hard. Like those two are not mutually exclusive. They need to kind of ha- hold each other's hands. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So what do we learn today? I mean, I think we had this one of our better talks because I prefer to joke around, but sometimes you got to get a little serious. And I think it, the best advice is the advice you give yourself and don't lie to yourself. <laughs> as, or as Rodney said, lie to chicks, don't lie to me, son. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't argue with Rodney, so. Uh, Never. I hey, think I want to give a plug think, for our show. Go ahead. Uh, to our subscribers, we need more. We have a lot, and I want to thank everyone who listens. Uh, but please subscribe. Recommend us to your friends. Give us a shout out if you could. Uh, we love it. We want to keep doing this. So that's it. Do you want to say anything else, buddy? No, I think Rodney was the smartest guy in the room today, and he always is. There you go, buddy. Have a good one. All right. Peace out. Peace.